And welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on our resounding 8-0 aggregate playoff success, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I'm brilliant, to be honest, Matt. I'm on one of those natural highs that only Partick Thistle can give you, um, and I'm sure it's going to carry me through this for a week, so I, I'm, I'm ecstatic right now. Shout out to David Graham, if anyone's of that age who was visited in secondary school by David Graham, who sang a, a banger about natural highs. I'm sure we're all on one of them. Exactly what I was thinking of, that I'm on a natural high. I'm not going to stick. <laughs> David can stick that in somewhere from YouTube. Uh, Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good as well, thanks. Uh, rounding off our panel this week is David Forrest. David, are you well? I am very well, yes. Uh, a great weekend. I'm looking forward to discussing the, the, the weekend that's just went by. Yep. Before we get into the football, uh, I've been meaning to do this for a couple of weeks. Heather Holloway, who's not on the pod this week, uh, told a story about a 60-year-old mascot at a game years back. And we got a message from Sean the Jag, who said that that 60-year-old mascot was John McDougall, who grew up in Farhill Street right next to the ground. And when he was 65 on his retirement, he'd complained to his family that he'd never been a mascot before and his son organised it. For him and he loved it. So, so good work, John. Um, <laughs> we'd love to see back some mascot one day, whatever age you are now. That would be great to see. Um, so, Friday night, and another unchanged starting 11. The big talking point from last week's pod with Bannigan get back in the team didn't really matter because he wasn't in the squad. Jamie, are you quite happy with the team when you, you saw it? I suspect, I suspect you were. Yeah, I was glad to see that there wasn't any changes to the squad. Obviously, Bannigan not being in the squad, I hope it was just precautionary and not wanting to rush him back, and not that he's more unfit than maybe we're letting on. I'm not sure, but I was glad we kept that same attacking formation because having Fitzy, Lawless, Tiff and Graham all on the pitch together has been working wonders so far, and it's good to see it still going. And you could tell they made a massive difference. You know, like Fitzpatrick getting an assist, Lawless getting a goal, Tiff scoring twice. You know, they were all involved basically in everything good about us on Friday. So I was glad to see that stick with that formation and. It's going to be a tough one. I know we'll get on to it, what team we'll probably go into with for the Ross County games, but Dylan's going to have a slight selection headache because we're playing so well with that team and it's going to be very, very difficult to change it. Obviously, do you bring Banning back in for the Premiership side? So it's a good problem to have, though. We will go on to that a bit later on. Uh, just on the performance, Ross Alexander and Hector McGregor, they both ask Chris, why are we so good? It's confidence. I say it all the time. The, the most important thing in football is breeding confidence. And I don't think there's a team in Scotland right now that's playing with this confidence that we are. Um, and it just sort of clicked as soon as we went into the playoffs. Like we said, the best thing that could have happened to us was finishing fourth, getting those two games against Queen's Park out of the way. And from there, we've just went on a tear. And the players will, they'll carry that on. And you look at you look at what's ended up happening to Bannigan, and it's allowed Fitzpatrick to come in. And his confidence is through the roof right now. Tiffany's the same. I think he's had a goal and assist in, in his last nine games. Lawless is firing. Graham's firing. Kyle Turner's playing out of skin. Jack McMillan's turned into a goal machine. And when all these guys are playing well, then good things are going to happen. And and we just got to hope that we can carry on for one more week, surely. Two more games. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch us right now. I remember I said to you guys the other night in, in the chat, it almost feels like a dream in this playoffs. Like, you go into the playoffs and you're kind of hoping, like, oh, maybe we might win a game here. We'll, we'll score a couple of goals. It'll be interesting and it'll be nervy. There's not been one game that's been nervy so far. It's like, I like watching Bayern Munich or something. We're, we're going in and 
absolutely tearing teams apart. And, and this isn't teams that are that have struggled all season or are low in confidence. This is teams that finished above us in the league. This is teams that had successful campaigns and we are tearing them apart pillar to post. And now we've got Ross County ahead who are the opposite. They they have came in on an end of a bad season. So fingers crossed we can put them to the sword as well. Jamie, who were the standout performers for you on Friday night? Lots of good ones who, who caught your eye. It's actually difficult to wouldn't say anybody put a foot wrong, but got to say Aidan Fitzpatrick, he was fantastic. He's been really good over the playoffs. Even just before the playoffs, he was still coming in a coming in a game, and yeah, he's been brilliant in every single game. It's good to see him getting an assist, and you know, I'd love to see him grab another goal if he could get a goal in the final. That'd be brilliant. Just think he deserves it definitely. Turner was good once again. Tiff obviously scored twice. Everyone honestly, Lawless again. I saw Lawless in the post match. On the BBC, say he doesn't think he had that good a game, and it might not be his best game of the season. But I still thought he was very influential. That pass that he placed to McMillan for the third goal was fantastic, and grabs himself a goal which he took very well. He took out the air and then didn't panic and just slotted it away comfortably. And there's another name I've mentioned, Jack McMillan. He's as per usual, Mr. Consistent. He's been brilliant all season, and for some reason just hit really good goal for him right now. And I did see, I can't remember who it was, but someone did put it into the Facebook group. Uh, before the game, oh, McMillan's 50 to 1 to be the first goal scorer tonight. He should probably lump some money on that. So I hope he did put some money on it because <laughs> they've got a good return off that. I'll ask you a question off just off the top of my head, Jamie. I know I normally send the questions in a wee bit in advance, so you, you've got time to prep them. But I remember Stevie Lawless did an interview maybe a year or two ago and he said, somebody asked him, Who are your top three players that you've played with? And I think he said Erskine, Doolin, and McMillan in terms of the relationship. He had with them, and I think probably folk, like probably folk who weren't Livingston fans at that time, maybe raised their eyes at that, a bit surprised. But I think we've definitely seen that this season. Can you remember a partnership in the pitch, maybe not a strike partnership, but a partnership down either flank that has been as influential as those two? No, definitely not one that's been this consistent. I wouldn't say. I mean, there's been ones in the past where maybe like O'Donnell and Higginbotham slash Taylor Sinclair and Higginbotham maybe in the post-split games, they did have some good link-up, but nothing that's been this consistent over the course of the season. Lawless has been a joy to watch this season. McMillan's been so consistent this season. and Yeah, I can't think of a better partnership, to be honest. David, just before we get back on the football, how was your how was your day in air? There were a few melted characters when I when I bumped into you all on, on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, we... Um... <laughs> We got the 5pm train instead of the 4pm train because frankly I did if I got the 4pm train on, on that carnage with everybody else. A bunch of us went. It was also, I got to offload a lot of my Eurovision cargo from all the beers that I bought from different countries um, and hadn't drank yet. I took them with it and we had a couple of them. I had some um, very, very strong um, Belgian 8% beer thing and lots of other things. And yeah, it was great fun. Um, there was lots of people there. Kieran uh, the rest of his young team, um, and you know, Mark Smurf and James Kearney, and just yeah, it was just a great day out um, at Tam O'Shanter's, and then we made our way to the game, and then when we got in there, it was just fantastic seeing everybody. I know you see most people out every week, but it was just the sun was out, everybody was bouncing, and yeah, it was it was a great great day out. It was a perfect away day, wasn't it? Friday night down in the coast, but sunshine. We went down a bit earlier as well, and we got. Fish and Chips in Presswick. I know you're a fish and chip connoisseur, David. I would recommend, I think this is called The Chippy in Presswick. It was really good. And next door to that was a pub. I can't remember the name of the pub. 
but it was the home that evening of the We Will Not Forget flag. And we would love to speak to the owner of the We Will Not Forget flag. Just fascinating. Uh, so if you do own that, please get in touch. Uh, Reese, standout performance from you for from Friday night. I like what's already been said. That it was brilliant from everyone. I think I, I mentioned before. I think Fitzpatrick was outstanding. You know, Fitz's got this this God-given talent. Like he's he's been in the academy ever since he was a, a wee boy, and he's worked his, his way up. I remember his first year with us in a championship, seven goals, four assists, done well, and deserved his move to Norwich. And and thankfully, he's, he's ended up back at Furhill, and now we're getting to see the Fitz that we all know. He's got this ability, and. A lot, some people will say oh, it looks like he doesn't try or he's this or he's that but I can assure you it definitely does try and he's he's one of the guys that actually does care about Fissel he loves it you see the way he celebrates and I'm just buzzing for him that's that second goal um, on the night the Tiffany's first goal Fitzpatrick was outstanding for that he was so explosive he just he obviously picked up the ball in our own half and he's there's nobody within 20, 30 yards of him. And that ball that he puts in is so difficult because he's running at pace and he absolutely leathers it right onto Tiffany's toe and it's a hard finish because the pace that's on it, but Tiffany just has to put his leg out. And it was, I thought Fitzy was outstanding the full night. Um, Jack McMillan, like you say, like it's been said already, it's been said all season. I think he's he's by far and away our best player. And if there was any doubts about him winning the Player of the Year when he did, then I think he silenced any critics that he's had just with the performances he's, he's put in. But all in all, <clears throat> an amazing night all round. And it's just an amazing time to be a Fissel fan right now because, like we say, it's, we're going into every game and we're, we're scoring for fun at the moment. And, you're, and the, the support that we're bringing to games is outstanding. You're, you're bringing like 2,000 minimum to games and almost selling out away allocations. It's loud, the full game. There's, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but the smoke bombs and stuff and the banners and the, the flags and the drum. and It's it's, it's so vibrant. It's, we're, we're playing summertime football. We're playing football in June. Official games of football in June. It's just a brilliant feeling and I hope we've got one more week of this and a very happy Sunday next Sunday. Absolutely. I think Fitzpatrick deserves a bit of credit because I think it would be dead easy for him. He obviously got his big move to Norwich at a really young age. What was that, four years ago now? And it would be so easy for him to just sort of accept that, take the money and just sort of chuck it in a way. But he's come back and he's, he's a better player. And as you say, he does get the sort of oh, is he really trying? He's a bit lazy. Accusation sucked at him. I really don't see that. I think he's a dead hard worker. Where I think I've been critical of him this season is his, his end product. But since he came in for Bannigan in the playoffs, his end product's been, been on point. It's been brilliant. And he's such an effective player. And to have that threat from both from both flanks with Lawless or if Tiffany sort of wanders out there is the key because last season when it was just Tiffany, he was getting double and triple marked out of games. Now teams can't afford to do that because we've got threats from from every side of the pitch, it's, it's brilliant to see. So a lot of credit to, to Fitzpatrick for his recent form. David, standouts for you on Friday night? Yeah, again, McMillan was unbelievable. He he was a real standout for me. But to be honest, I think there wasn't a bad performance all night. I They were just free-flowing and absolutely flying. Fitzpatrick as well was also really good but McMillan was just another class and it's it's weird talking to people about Fissel at the moment where people you know people are my friends who don't really follow football last year we're going and I have to go we're actually flying we're incredible like we're just such a good team to watch it's unbelievable and people can't believe it and I can't believe it and like watching that on Friday just absolutely ragdolling Air United and the fact that it's Air United as well 
is just absolutely beautiful. But I mean, McMillan was just another level. Uh, we'll have a look ahead to the, the final. We know we're going to be playing Ross County at Firhill on Thursday night and then the second leg up and down well on Sunday afternoon. I'm going to, before we look at the, the teams and what our team might look like and the threats from Ross County, I'm going to ask you all, what is the worst scoreline, the worst case scoreline that you would accept right now? You would but you would accept if you were offered, or would you would you take a draw up there? Would you take a one goal lead up there? Would you take a two goal lead up there? What is the minimum that you would take right now instead of playing the game? Reese, I'll start with you. The minimum that I would take? Yeah. So if you if you were offered a one goal advantage to take to Dingwall, would you take it or would you play the game? You, you know what I see though? <laughs> yeah, I believe I'm saying this. The form we're in right now, I would back us to beat anyone. And I, I genuinely mean that. I've said this before, like I'm tapped when it comes to party first. So see, on the day of a game, we could be playing Rangers or Celtic, and I'll have that glimmer of hope that we're going to go in there and, and scud Rangers or Celtic. And like I said, that this isn't a, this isn't a team that have played well. This is a team that are in the playoffs because they've been bad all season. Um, and the form we're in right now, I just hope we approach it the same way. Don't don't start thinking, oh, it's a Premiership team as if there's a massive gulf in quality. Obviously, the players will be a slight bit better. It may be a bit of a harder game. We deserve to be where we are right now and, and go out and show people why. Why? And the thing is, like, it's a double-edged sword. And the, the players, they want to get in the Premiership. And if it's not with Fissel, they're doing themselves no harm because they play the way that the, our squad are playing right now. They're, they're all putting themselves in the shop window. And there's a lot of contracts running out. And it's not really ideal for us if we don't get promoted. But they've got to be fighting for everything. The players want it so much. The fans want it so much. <sighs> I'd take, I'd take a 2-0. I'd take a 2-0 right now. But two goal. If you offer me a 2-0, I'd take that. I could go on up to Ross County. Jamie, would you take a, a one goal, a two goal? What's the worst score you would take instead of playing a game? I mean, I agree with Reese. I actually think the way we are playing, I'm quietly confident. I mean, I'm nervous, but I'm quietly confident going into these games. So, yeah, I think it would have to be at least a two-goal advantage for me to take it as well, to be honest, because... <laughs> Even with a free goal of just playing here, I was still nervous. I know, obviously, in the end, we won 8 0 in Agri, but I was still nervous going into that game for 3 0 advantage. So, if we were going up to Dingwall for one goal advantage, not so I'd be happy that we won the first leg. I'd still be like so nervous. So, I think it'd have to be at least a two goal advantage for me to take it. But I definitely don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think it will be tighter than the other ones we've played so far. But there's absolutely no reason why we can't win that home tie and win it by more than one goal. I, we do have the ability to do it, but just have to wait and see what happens. David, I'd, I'd dread to ask you this question, to be honest. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this, right, because um, I listened to the Kelly Ross County game on the radio today, and they went into the sort of stats at the moment about Ross County, and I think they've won one in like 12 away games, like some real horrid away form, and they just cannot get any results away. And they they sound they were so nervous and jittery all game today and were frankly terrible. And we are not nervous or jittery. We are absolutely flying. And like even look back to like you know you're talking about Premiership teams. We played Rangers in the cup and gave them the game probably the game of this season. And we absolutely took it to them. And County are not Rangers. County are rubbish at the moment. And to be honest. Oh, no. we, we should be giving them a scheme button, right? We it absolutely oh, should no. be. 
However, I would take 2-0 right now because, good grief, I am absolutely terrified for this game because it all screams 0-0 at Fur Hill, 1-0 Dingwall away to County because it's all all the signs are there. But I would take 2-0 right now but feel we should be getting more. I agree with the, the sentiments of, like, we are playing so well. I think this... I think this game in a way just depends how we are. It's more on us than on them to sort of impose ourselves because we are playing so well. And if we keep playing this sort of confident, expansive attack in football, I don't think County will be able to stop us. The only thing that I think can stop us is tiredness, which I doubt because I think the games have been quite well spaced out and have been able to rest players or the players get nervous because it's the final. I think that's what will stop us more than more than County. So I, I do, I, I can sort of see us winning at Far Hill by two or three goals. But if you offered me right now a one goal lead to take to Dingwall, I'm taking it. I'm not taking the risk of being, being behind and needing to go to Dingwall to win. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking a one goal advantage up there right now if I'm offered it. Um, we'll have a look at the teams then. We'll start with we'll start with Thistle. Um, I think Bannigan again will be the, the only sort of big call to them we'll have to make if he's fit. Is anyone going to make the case for him to come back in? I know nobody did last week. Anyone throw Bannigan coming back in for this final? See what we were saying as well, like, don't bring him in for their game, but when we get to the Premiership game, probably bring him in just for that wee bit more security. I, I generally wouldn't now. There's no way you can drop any of these players that are playing right now. Like, the, the one that you would drop, you'd probably just go, yeah, it's going to be Fitzpatrick again to put Bannigan back in. But you can't drop Fitzpatrick right now. Like, he's playing out of your skin. He's one of our best performers, so... You've got to just keep it again. And, and like you say, it's all about how we approach this game. If we go and approach it with the right mentality, we're confident, we go and attack them. Try and go a few goals up. It's not going to be done in the first leg, but try and put a foot stamp on the game in the first leg. So I go with the same team again and we can reassess whether Bannigan can come in for the second leg or not. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. Lisa, I'm normally Stuart Bannigan's number one fan, but I can't see a way back in. And from for the first leg anyway... Um, in terms of Ross County, <laughs> they've obviously taken Simon Murray from Queen's Park in, in January, which was to the detriment of Queen's Park in the end. But he had scored a, a few goals past Thistle this season. Are we concerned about him? Are we concerned about any other Ross County players on Thursday and Sunday? I mean, from listening to the Kelly County game today, they, outside of Simon Murray... In the first half, Simon Money wasn't even on, and Ross County had done nothing all half. They just had no idea, so there's no way. It was literally as if they were waiting in Kelly to score so they could retaliate. I, I think outside of Simon Money and Jan Dander, and he did score, but it was a penalty. There's pretty thin in the ground threats that I would be like, you better watch him. And that's obviously famous last words when like, some 17-year-old youth guy comes on and scores a hat-trick against us or whatever. But no, I I, am a, I, I think my main concern would be Murray, but I think Rian Dan does well. If we can kind of control him, I think um, it's kind of, it's ever to, to win. We have put the call out for a Ross County fan to, to help us with a preview, so we might have one to put in V here. If not, you'll have to uh, do with David's analysis of, of Ross County's threats. Score predictions then, I will ask you just for, for aggregate predictions. I don't want a first leg or a second leg prediction. Aggregate predict. In fact, you know what? I'm not even going to ask you for score predictions. I'm just going to ask you all, are we going up? Reese? are we going up? Yes or no? Well, I said last week when you asked for a percentage chance before the air game, I said 
when you break it down, it's going to be 25%. When you go into the final, it's going to be 50%. But to be honest, the way we're playing, it's going to be 66%. So I'm going to say yes, we're, we're going to go up, we're going to do the job. Um, Ross County aren't stopping us. Jamie, are we going up? Yes, yes, we're going up. 66% as well. David, I, I do not want a percentage from you. Are we going up? Imagine the pantomime villain heel turn if I said we weren't going up just to get the one point he beat Reese in the prediction contest. <laughs> um, no, no, 66% we're going up. Are you not, are you not level with this because Reese predicted a draw? So I am. Oh, the power. I'll do the, the power I'll do the of my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the calculations for the predictions we've still got the season long question points to add in so I'll do them next week I'll say we're going up as well I'm 51% confident that we're going oh, up so it has to be yes you need, what, what a great narrative arc it would have been if you said I'm 66% that we're going up I'm all sorry. four of us 66% you've you've ruined it we're, we're, we're going down we've ruined it now um, no uh, 66% we're going up Okay. Listen, look at it this way, right? We are we are nervous with anticipation and excitement. Ross County are shitting themselves watching us play. So just approach it the same way. Like we've we've been speaking off air. We've all made arrangements for like the Monday. I, I, I booked the Monday off before as soon as we had that draw at Rafe, I took that Monday off because I knew I had belief. I've made plans for that Sunday night for the after party. It's happening, there's no way it's not happening. I've spoken it into existence. Oh my god. Crikey. That's getting clipped up, man, isn't it? Anyway, I've taken Monday off work too, I can't comment. We've had some decent listener questions this week from Robbie Boyd, who apologies for not name checking him for last week, but he's asked us to rank this team against the 12-13 team and the 71 team. And Decky has asked us who wins over two legs between this team and Archie's team. We're going to leave these two questions, they're very good questions. We're going to leave these and discuss these next week as part of a big season review. Once we've once we established the facts, basically, uh, we'll, we'll answer those questions. But thanks for getting in touch. And we'll finish this week with Partridge Thistle. Now, after Depot Akinyemi's war paint tweet was was taken down shortly after full time on Friday night, I'm going to ask you, when have you had to delete a tweet yourself? Uh, David, I'll leave you last this week because I don't, I don't picture you as a big tweet deleter. Uh, Jamie, I'll start with you. To be honest, I haven't really deleted many tweets. I do remember once uh, tweeting about, I like, predicted the top four of the Premier League in England. I don't know how this wasn't even deliberate. It was. It looked probably looked like some edgy call because I didn't put Man City in the top four, but I just completely forgot to put them in. So I just put out some top four without Man City. I don't know where I claimed they were going to be finishing. So I remember seeing that like the week later and deleting it. That's genuinely the only ones I remember because I put out a couple of tweets like taking digs at other teams and stuff, and they do get bookmarked in that. But luckily, so far, none of them have come back to bite me. I did have one taking shots at air back in like. December or something and I was wondering if that was going to come back to bite me for the playoffs but luckily it didn't so <laughs> not yet Reese, I think that tweet where you had a go at Broth uh, last season is still on Twitter so I mean if you've not taken that down what have you taken down? Yeah you've just, you've just took my answer away from me so <laughs> I, I, I will never back down from a tweet and I, I take full accountability for the reason we didn't win the league yet last year it's my fault I put a curse on us um, and I'm not going to delete that tweet. I, I, I still stand by what I said. The Arbroath stuff is a lot of shite. But I, and, and I, another occasion where I won't back down as well. I remember 
I tweeted a photo of Scott Tiffany and he was holding a sign or something. And then I wrote something on the sign. I don't know if you remember it. It was after like the Morton game. And I remember weeks later, Tommy Taylor came up to me and he's like, oh, can you delete that tweet? And I was like, I need bother. And obviously didn't delete the tweet. And then he blocked me. So if Tommy, if you're listening, if you do listen to this, sorry, but I'm still not deleting the tweet. I seem to remember, was it not at another team? And they just said, get up here or something like that. I seem to remember it being something like that. Aye, it was nothing bad. I feel that's got to be one of the Apache special one day. Just you saying you're blocked. You're like your most wild Twitter block or something like that. Who's got you blocked from like Twitter or Instagram or something? Well, see, once we've got uh, David's Partridge Slancher for this week, Jamie, we'll come round and ask everyone who's been who they've been blocked by on Twitter because we're only 28 minutes so far. Uh, David, Partridge Thistle part one this week from you. Much like Reese, I'm a don't back down, double down sort of man. Um, I don't, I very rarely delete tweets. However, the, I, I generally view Twitter as a joke. I mean, it's a joke, but um, I, I, I generally, my, my, my social media strategy, so to speak, is to post stuff that will make people happier in their lives. Just generally go about your day and make people's days happier. So I only generally post jokes or maybe inspirational fissile stuff or whatever. But the problem with posting jokes all the time is that sometimes people don't take, get the joke and just completely fly over it. So, like for example, before the Rangers game, I posted a joke um, about how all party Fisher fans say they don't pick a side, but if you look in their wallet, they'll have a ticket for Ibrox on Sunday, right? And I get so many people going in, oh, yes, actually, I've got a ticket for the away end because I'm supporting Partick Fissile. And, I, was, and I, I ran out of patience of just posting the McBain, that's the joke picture over and over again, and I just deleted it because I was getting so many people who just completely did not get the joke whatsoever. Um, and then, of course, when it gets to the Rangers space as well, it's just a disaster. And yeah, so um, I, I deleted that. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's people don't get jokes. That's the episode title. <laughs> I was going to say, see with the Akinyemi thing about him yeah. deleting that tweet. What I think is funny is his Twitter bio literally says, the lion is not affected by the opinion of the sheep. <laughs> and then literally... <laughs> I kid you not, his bio says that, right? And then he's, he's deleted that tweet because everyone was laughing at him. So, clearly, the lion opinion is affected by the sheep. Can, can, I, uh, can we title this sheep five lion now? We need to have a word. We need to put this in as well, David, just to draw people's attention to Lee Bullen singing in the pub. I quite like Lee Bullen. I think he's always done a really good job at it. But, like, that's embarrassing. Like, can you imagine being having... If we lose this playoffs Ross County 8-0... There's no way you're getting Doolin standing up in months singing like Kingston Town. Started play. <laughs> Aye, like that's not happening. It'd be embarrassing if it did happen. Like so, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jamie. Great work from you because the disciplinary panel did meet last week to discuss your your Partridge Thistle contributions. But they'd be glad to hear that you've you've offered up a question for this week. So we'll, I'll start us off for that one. Who you've been blocked by on Twitter? I've been blocked by Peter Shelton. I tweeted him a picture of the panda god every day until he blocked me. I think it was it was seven days it took. <laughs> <laughs> seven days is Peter Shelton's limit on that. Uh, just if anyone wants to give that a go, I would strongly recommend it. Uh, so, Jamie, who have you been blocked by? I've got two answers. I'll try to make them Fissile related. One's Twitter, one's Instagram. On Twitter, Jamie Sned's dad's got me blocked. No idea why, because I know I know people said he like commented defending Jamie Sned and stuff, but like I don't think I've ever criticised Sned on Twitter. I was nothing but like 
positive about him and I quite often would call for him to be in the team and praise his performances and stuff. So that one was bizarre to me. I have no idea why. And the other one, which I'd love to hear an explanation from, a certain Niall Keown, who has me blocked on Instagram. <laughs> I have no idea why. I don't that's because you keep posting this Niall Keown doing a Sioux celebration. Get <laughs> no, no, that's that, that was in the, that's in the aftermath of that. So honestly, Niall Keown has got me blocked on Instagram. He's had me blocked on Instagram for years. I don't know why. I'm like, what have I done to you, mate? Like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said anything about him. Like, I, This is... He's had me blocked for years, like before I even had Twitter. So it's not even like I've tweeted something and he's seen it and got it right, blocking you on Instagram. No clue why. So if you're if you're ever listening, Niall, please unblock me. Maybe he thought you, you were just... there at the time. Come on, goalkeeper. <laughs> Maybe that's what he thought you were. You just know that, like we, like at some point, Niall Keown will come on and everybody will be waiting for the juicy Caldwell gossip about, like, you know, everything that happened when he got played, when he trained with the Wains and all that. What went on? No, first question: Why did you pop Jimmy McDonald to Instagram? But and then we'll just ask, leave the conversation. On, but I can't because he's got me blocked. Nah, yeah, I suppose. I lost him on the pod this week. See what he's up to. Uh, Reese, who you've been blocked by? See, to be honest, I actually I don't have an answer. I don't think I'm. Well, probably might be blocked by someone, maybe some Morton fan, I imagine, out there, but nobody that I've noticed anyway. But I'm surprised I've never been blocked by like, an official club's Twitter or something. Like, that. I've, I've slaughtered a lot of clubs in my time, but I'm not, I don't think I'm on the block list of many, to be fair. So I've not got an answer. You should check for for Reese. Yeah. They went around blocking literally like everybody over lockdown when people were laughing at them. No beef for them at all. They're all right. We'll flip that on you, Reese. Have you got anyone good blocked? Bad. Well, I've been I've been chinned on this podcast before for having someone's family member blocked, but um, <laughs> so you have. <laughs> have you unblocked them? Uh, I think I might have, or if I haven't, yeah. <laughs> I think that was maybe the first time you were both on, and I just said, "Yeah, I'm good." Reese, why have you blocked my brother? <laughs> it's an I O K on tactic when we get him up for an interview, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Preemptive blocking. Uh, David, you've been bought by them. I imagine you've got a good one for us, surely. I mean, nobody you've ever heard of, but it is quite good, good for me. So, um, obviously, like outside of this, I run a Japanese wrestling podcast, New Japan Wrestling, the biggest show in town. Um, and we were proudly blocked by the world champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling when he was holding the belt. Um, because uh, I can't remember, I think they called him a theatrical prick or something like that um, but I, we, we totally ripped into him, I, I actually don't think we did I think we were sort of like oh that match wasn't very good and then he just completely blocked us and then I get invited to, when I went to Japan I get invited to a party with him um, after so he clearly didn't know it was me that, that was doing it but um, I, I, I was very tempted to just go to the party and go Kenny Omega why did you block me on Twitter but um, no but I think uh, IWGP champion Kenny Omega blocking us when we're meant to be like a, a Japanese wrestling podcast covering all the, the great and good of Japanese wrestling was quite good but apart from that it's just all right wing fuckheads that block me um, so you know has lost. the pod got anyone blocked Matt like the actual pod account no Double stuffed partridge, by the way. And the listeners so so blessed. Uh, my pod status was on the line. I had to, I had to come and clutch partridge. This nah, week. Uh, that was good effort this week, Jamie. That's the sort of levels we expect every week to be. I honest. don't mind asking one now and again. I did ask that one a while ago. You got me yeah. to ask one. It was like, what other person would you bring for a different sport to manage festival? I don't mind coming up with one now and again. Good work. Good work. Keep it up. Um, just before we finish, can I give a shout out to someone? Uh, I think it is. I'd like to give a shout out to um, Jackie Synagogue. Uh, you re- you may remember um, me telling you that um, 
he um, plays a car game called Flesh and Blood, where he's going to the national finals and just had to turn up to qualify because it's so wrecked at Oakle View for the QP game that he um, ended up missing the tournament and it didn't qualify. But I'd like to congratulate him because he had a self-imposed exile from the air game on Friday and was in enough of a state to turn up and get like the four points he needed in the rankings to actually qualify for his Nationals final. So well done for taking the bullet and not getting absolutely munted at Air United away. God right, bless Admiral. America. Exactly. I was like, you took the words right out of my mouth, David. Admirable <laughs> Jack, good work. Um, if you've made it this far, well done. You know, really good effort. But if you have made it this far, I would be delighted to hear that the 2013 episode, the long-awaited 2013 episode, will be out on Wednesday. The war paint will be on. That is what is going to G us up for Thursday's first leg. So, David, it's in it's in audio now. People know it's coming on Wednesday. You have to get it out for Wednesday. Absolutely. To get people up. There you go. You've heard it from David first. We will then be back after the second leg next week to look back on whether we've gone up, whether we've not gone up, and to review the season as a whole. In the meantime, get yourselves along to Fur Hill on Thursday, get yourselves up to Dingwall on Sunday, book Monday off work and stay safe.